Hey friends, Ashton here and welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. A familiar voice is joining us again today. Um, Absolutely love her work. Uh, Can't believe she and I haven't met in person. Hopefully that's going to happen one day. Uh, But she is uh, a beautiful soul. Um, Her writings uh, do magical things to me and for so many other people. Uh, Just her artwork, the the whole package. I mean, her essence comes through her work, and I'm super excited to have her back on the podcast today because she's got a new book coming out this month. And uh, with that being said, Morgan Harper Nichols is back. Morgan, welcome back. Hello. Hello. Thank (laughs) you. Yes, it's it's an honor to be back. As you know, I'm a fan of the show. And yes, it is. It is wild. It's like, yeah, we have not met. It's, I can't even remember the first time we talked. I think that was years ago at this it, point. So, it was yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, a few years ago. <laughs> I think you were just kind of um, uh, appearing on all of our radars. Uh, which I don't know if that's a good metaphor to use or not, but um, your work was entering our world. Let's say that. That's a better way for me to say that. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, I immediately was like, man, I'm so struck by her work in the world. Um, For for maybe some of our listeners that haven't heard some of those previous conversations that you and I have had, um, before we get going today, when when you introduce yourself in the work, uh, your work in the world, where do you begin? Yeah, so I'm an artist, primarily a, a visual artist, and I write poetry and prose, and I'm also a musician. So, yeah, a lot of what I do stems from those things. <laughs> um, lots of art. It, it's something that has been very meaningful to me in my own life, just in terms of my own mental health and my own way of just being grounded and it just so happened to be that a lot of the things that rise up from that other people feel that too Hmm. so yeah yeah, i I consider myself very very fortunate that i i get to do this because in a lot of ways i'm doing the same things i was passionate about at six years old Hmm. (laughs) making stuff and just seeing what comes to life so yeah it's a little bit of what i do yeah it's beautiful now you you used to tour quite a bit as a traveling musician correct yeah i did that for about five years so yeah up, up and down coast and and all (laughs) over a little bit more of a homebody these days i think uh you became a mom not long ago right yes yes so i have a little one and i we're we're full-blown entering into toddler mode (laughs) but surely and he is yes he keeps me young and active (laughs) especially during this past year um so yeah, yeah, that's that definitely has has changed my life a lot and has changed um everything from sleeping <laughs> to how I create, when I create. So yes. Yeah, I'm sure that uh the word intentionality has become uh something new when, when you when you have these new humans that you're entrusted, uh things change really quick. You didn't know how much free time you had. Um, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I would I would assume that's been a beautiful change in your world. Oh, yes. 
Absolutely. I feel like I have um, I, I have learned that what, what you just said, I, I was like, wow, I guess I did have a lot of free time to <laughs> try new things. But now it's, it's a lot more of um, finding kind of finding daily rhythms and and like I, I feel like I used to be sort of like, OK, what new adventure can I go on today? And now it's more of like. There might not be a big adventure. Like <laughs> the the biggest adventure might be, oh, everyone in the house had all the meals that they needed today. Yeah. That's the adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big big accomplishment. So yeah, I, I feel like that it has taught me how to be grateful for moments or seasons of, of paring down and um yeah, I feel like I'm learning a lot from that. So, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Um, question: Talk, talk to me about this. is a little off script, but I just uh, thought about asking. Talk to me about your daily ritual and routine. Do you have structure, flow, bullet points? I know, being a new mom, I mean, we just talked about this a bit that it's challenging. Um, or when it comes to you and your creative process, are you more? kind of free flow when it hits when you're in the zone you're in the zone when you're not it's not i, I would love to, I'm, I'm always curious about people's disciplines and practices yeah so i have a window that is pretty consistent and and it and it hasn't changed for a long time and um so i'll wake up around anywhere between four and six um, I know that's a huge, that's a huge window, but it really does vary. Yeah. Um, and from, from that point, waking up, it's usually, I feel like it's kind of average is that around five. Like sometimes I just wake up at four. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm just wake up at four. It's, I don't, I'm not trying to wake up with that early. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Sometimes I open my eyes and it's 4 a.m. Um, but normally it's around five. And from that point, point until around 11 or so um that's kind of where I am the most kind of in the zone so my husband is with our little one for the first half of the day and so he'll get him ready and everything and then we switch over around 11 to noon and um that first part of the day just depending on what's going on it could be answering emails it could be finishing up a project that I'm a part of but I, I do try to have some moment in there where I just read a poem or two or I just scribble down a few notes or I draw an image or two and then after that kind of 11 o'clock I'm not it's it just it's just sort of whatever happens you're out of willpower <laughs> at that time yeah at that point it's just <laughs> i am i'm full-blown reactive it's just like okay whatever happens happens um so yeah yeah I, I do feel like my day is kind of divided into those two two categories i will say though as my son gets older that like it's so funny a few months ago i was like yeah we switch over at noon and now we're starting to switch over at like 11 and it's like getting earlier and earlier. <laughs> so the window is closing. 
So I, I have been thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I've got to, you know, be ready for that. Cause you know, as kids get older, obviously your schedule changes too. Yep. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I love it. Well, let's dig in a bit. Uh, April 27th, you've got a new book that's dropping how far you have come and, um, musings on beauty and courage, uh, which I kind of feel like the, the whole, if I could, if I could say, this is what, uh, this is what Morgan's up to in the world. I would say it's musings on beauty and courage. (laughs) Um, so I, uh, I love that. And, and I guess, um, for our listeners, you know, kind of where, how did this book come about? It, it appears to me that it's a bit, uh, of a rough, reflection on past a lot of this stuff from a long time ago maybe some uh recent understandings mm-hmm. of your past um talk to me about kind of the essence of, of of this new piece of work you're putting into the world yeah so the book actually started with the cover the image on the cover it is a iphone photo that i took in new mexico driving out well i wasn't driving i was in the passenger seat leaving Albuquerque at sunrise and we were on tour and I, I took this photo years ago and it's, it's become one of my favorite photos. And mm-hmm. it's a photo that literally anybody could have taken because the moment was just so beautiful. I just, it, it's like anyone could have lifted up their phone and taken this photo. And I've, I've just always held on to this image. It's just the, the rock faces, the sunrise, the way the light was hitting the rock faces and the way the light was going on the road. It was kind of this purplish tone. I, I Just everything about it, it's just my favorite photo I've ever taken. And during the past year, at kind of the beginning of the, the first lockdown, I was going through my phone, kind of looking at some old trips and places that I used to travel to and things. And I ended up on this photo again after many times of looking at it. And I had this thought where I was thinking about how, isn't it interesting how this photo is so beautiful and on an aesthetic note, it's just, it speaks to me so much. And at the same time, what I was going through when that photo was taken was really difficult. And I was actually facing a lot of challenges and I was, in my 20s and broke and tired and just feeling like I was just gradually running out of fuel and not knowing what was next. And that led me to just thinking about other literal landscapes that I've been on in my life where it's like, well, what did I, what was I learning from that landscape? What was like, while I was taking in the beauty of the landscape, there was also this courage that I was finding in that place Hmm. of learning how to keep going and learning how to work through challenges. So I just kind of became obsessed with looking at the map and looking at literal places that I had been and saying, wow, when I was crossing the Mississippi River, what was I thinking about? What was on my mind? And that's how I ended up with these eight stories. And I realized I had a story for every state, starting in Georgia, working all the way across the, I guess you would call it the Sun Belt um, of the U.S., all the way to California. And, yeah, eight different landscapes 
And within that, I tell a story in each landscape and I have poetry and art associated with each landscape. And it really is this sort of play between being inspired by the actual landscape and also recognizing everything that I was learning in all of those different places. Mm, Beautiful. I I love the metaphor. I mean, of course, there is the realistic meaning of the landscape. Literally, you're looking at Albuquerque, right? Um, But I think think inviting the idea of landscape to our interior narrative um, is really, really beneficial. As a writer, and maybe as your own journey of integration and unity and wholeness, like, how have you kind of let that language of landscape uh, be an invitation for you to get to know yourself uh, a little bit better and become more authentic in the world? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I feel like I cannot remember the exact quote it, it was, but I, I, I think it was, um, well, what's in the title of the book? <laughs> um, one of my favorite books, is um is by John O'Donohue and it's called The Inner Landscape of Beauty. Let's go. And yeah, and and he was just the first person that I heard talk about this concept of an inner landscape and I just feel like my mind just kind of ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I I get that. I understand that. It, it was just I I just love those moments where where I read something that's totally new, but it feels so old. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like I know that mm-hmm. I don't know it, but I know it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, when I, when I read that book, it, it had a huge profound impact on me and just, just reading about how he talks about beauty and how beauty is about wholeness. It's not about perfection or glamor or shininess. And that just really stood out to me because you know, beauty is just such a complex word, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because it's like, there's like, there's like beauty in the spiritual sense, but we also use the word beauty to describe like the beauty industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's weird. I feel like, you know, in English, we have that a lot. We'll have a word that has like spiritual connotations, but then it's used in like a commercial way as well, which I, th- I think is very interesting. So, that that book really, I would say, was like the first invitation for me to say, well, what is beauty and how does that actually relate to me and my life? And what is actual, be actually beautiful about my life? And by thinking of it as a landscape, that gave me the permission to, to kind of see, for instance, there's a story that I write in the book that's set in um, on a lake that's in between the Alabama and Georgia state line. And that is not a moment of my life that I ever consider to be beautiful. Hmm. But I was back on it, and I was like, but the lake was beautiful. I loved it over there. Like, (laughs) the way the trees were, everything about the physical landscape was beautiful. So I wonder if I can kind of look at my own story in a new way. So, yeah. I love it. For those of y'all listening and you hear us talking about John O'Donohue, if this name does not ring a bell, I would invite you to just type John O'Donohue into YouTube, and you can thank Morgan and I later. Um, his, <laughs> his, uh, uh, his work in the world, he's no longer with us, but I feel like he's one of those mystic voices that um, uh, left 
endless amounts of gold behind um, for all of us. He was such such a beautiful soul. Um, well, yeah. I mean, here at here at Good, True, and Beautiful, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna stay on this beauty topic for a second. Um, so O'Donohue kind of defines that as as uh, like some the, it's it's wholeness, right? And yet. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's some Japanese definitions where beauty kind of shows up as, uh, uh, the, the crack, the fracture and where the light comes in. Um, talk to me about your, and, and like, I, I know that we can't put our thumb on exactly what beauty is, but f- from you, for you, um, how do you kind of define that which is beautiful? Mm. Yeah. So the the first thing that when you were just talking there, I kind of had an image in my mind of something that I do. And it's interesting because when I think about it, I'm like, you know, I guess it's just kind of like a spiritual practice. I don't really call it that, but <laughs> I think it is. So oftentimes when I'm making visual art, so I make a lot of my art on my iPad. And a lot of times I'll have a moment where I'm like, I just want to paint something. I don't know what, but I just want to make something. So I'll just open up a new canvas and I'll just start scribbling and writing. Hmm. And a lot of times when I'm writing, I end up writing things that I call them just for lack of a better term. I call them kind of like the ugly words. Like they're not really, <laughs> they're, they're just sort of like not, I'm not taking my time writing them. Like it's barely legible it's it's me just kind of scribbling thoughts and then I'm like oh that's not good and I just kind of scratch through it and somewhere along the way I decided to not delete that layer Hmm. and to just leave that layer there and then just gradually paint on top of it and I started I don't know why I started doing that but I started doing it a few years ago and it's gotten even more complex where sometimes I will just write what I'm angry about I'll just write it all out and then I'll paint over it and maybe sometimes I'll let one of those words kind of stay out and and not get painted over but for me doing that is it, kind of like this way of of embracing the wholeness of beauty in the sense of in order to be able to see what's beautiful you have to accept that part that's not the pretty perfect part um you have to make room for that too so it's easier to do that in art than it is in real life (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) but it's like i just feel like the practice of that reminds me of like okay this is something that i have to do like i have to i have to kind of face that part of me that I'm not always wanting to look at because um, that's a part of who I am. But mm-hmm. the good thing is, is that when you face that, it's you see, oh, but there's more to me. It's like, yes, there is that, <laughs> that thing that I don't want to address or that thing I don't want to look at, but there is more, there is more to me. And my kind of most recent experience with that is just a bit over a month ago, I was diagnosed with autism. And that's something that I have been kind of at different points in my life going back and forth with as if that could be a possibility. Um, And it was really hard to go down that road of getting diagnosed 
because it was just in your thirties to, to yeah in yeah. your thirties to receive that diagnosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it it was really hard, and there were so many moments where I was just like, "What have I gotten myself into?" Um, but I'm so glad that I did because now not only do I have explanations for things that I struggle with, but I can I can see how how being the way that I am as an autistic person has informed a lot of what I do in, in a beautiful way, in a way that I'm proud of and happy about. So, mm. yeah, I think, I think for me, it's, it's, you know, the way that I'm seeing beauty right now, is just like learning to hold that, you know, shadow and light. And that's kind of another artistic reference of yep. just like, like value and, in order to, to really round out that image, you need the shadow and the light to make it what it is. So, yeah. As our dear friend Richard Rohr says, everything belongs. Um, yeah. And as our dear friend that is no longer with us, Thomas Merton said, in everything there is a hidden wholeness. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're getting at. I think you're saying you include it all, right? You... Um, I know for me, life becomes out of alignment when I'm not including all of it. I, it, it's, it's like, I know that somehow, some way it all fits in to the experience, right? And when we don't include the rough spots, the hard places, the things, um, that we would rather not include, we, it, it's not as beautiful as it can be. And then even just looking here at the word beautiful, that it begins with be, like I can't, I can't help but think mm. that there's something about being that is, that, that is mm. just embedded in what we're trying to talk about. And like, right, yeah. that's, that's hard to put your thumb on, you know? Um, but I think yeah. there's a great invitation there of, uh, of, of yeah. beauty. Beauty is the, means by which being is communicated. I don't know. I'm throwing something at the wall. That could that thesis could be totally oh. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's I think there's something in there. I actually love doing that. I love picking like pulling words apart. Yes. And like finding you know, and I'm like, I don't know if this is how the, the linguist would do it, but it's how I'm gonna do it. Oh so. <laughs> about ten percent of my Google searches are all etymology of and then just type a word in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we miss it, right? We 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 forget mm-hmm. um where these words started and I, and I found that their inception holds so much um good stuff in there. Um so I'm glad yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're a fellow et- etymologist. Um if that's the yeah. word. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I am up in the amateur so, etymologist. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, talk to me about poetry. When, when did uh, when did poetry become a practice for you? Um, it it really always it's always to been show there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it's been it's been I feel like the most prevalent when I when I was a young teenager actually. And I was in the local library, just kind of walking the show, walking through the rows of books. And I ended up on the poetry aisle and I just picked like an anthology off the shelf and I opened it up 
and I opened it to um, to T.S. Eliot's uh, Proof Rock poem hmm. and uh, the love song of J. Alfred Proof Rock. And I was just so, so many things were happening at once. Like one, I didn't understand most of it, um, <laughs> but I, I, I felt compelled to keep reading which that was interesting. It was just something about like the rhythm of the words that, that made me want to stay with it. And I'm glad I did because as I reached the end of the poem, it was, um, it, it was the final lines that just made me feel so seen. And I, I was just so shocked because I, I went home and, it's so funny to think about it now because like now we have smartphones and I'm like, Oh, when I get home, I'm going to look this stuff on the internet. And, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I went home and I, I like dialed up the internet and <laughs> I typed in T.S. Eliot and I was like, who is this that, that wrote this poem? And I just remember being like kind of perplexed that it was uh, like an old white guy, like who would, <laughs> who was, you know, was like born in the 1800s. And I was like, wait a second. Like, how does, what is that? I'm like, yeah. you know, we clearly have nothing in common. And yet he managed to speak to something that was just so, um, yeah. And I mean, obviously he's a famous poet, but I didn't know that. Like, as a teenager, I just, I was just like, yeah, there's a poem in this book. And that really kind of led me on the journey of, I need more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like, I like that. I, I, I like feeling seen in that way. And, and yeah, I struggled a lot as a teenager and, and most of it now I know probably had a lot to do with having undiagnosed autism and a lot of the things that I was struggling with. Um, and yeah, there was just a solace that I found in that. And, and I didn't have many poetry books. So what I would end up doing was, I felt like I used to get when, like back in the day when we had CDs and um, <laughs> they used to come with the little booklets. Yes. I used to just read the I used to just read the lyrics of poems. I'm like, well, the line breaks look very similar. And I would, there were times where I would get a CD and I would, before I even played the CD, I would just read through the lyric booklet as poetry. Yes. So I'm right there this, with you. This one's like, yeah. So, um, Beastie Boys, yeah, Young MC, yeah, Boys to Men, <laughs> Beastie Boys, Young MC. I can, I can remember all, Pearl Jam, all of the lyrics. That is awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's a whole other experience that you have with that, you know, that lyric booklet. I yeah. I kind of miss that. I think yes. that that was really special. It's it's not quite the same going to like azlyrics.com. <laughs> it is not, but um. <laughs> yeah so i i would say that that was that was a regular basis for me you yeah. know reading song lyrics finding whatever poem i could find that that spoke to me and then i remember um at some point in that in that time of, of discovering uh my angelo and and, mm. and that was the first time that i really kind of encountered um i mean just hearing her her perform yep. the poem yep. and i was just so amazed by that i was just like this is just, this is like a totally new experience yep. what is this and hearing her perform still i rise and like there's a there's a clip of her i mean been, been around for a while of, of her reading it and and she's not looking at the page 
And I was like, wow, shit, this is memorized. Like, mm-hmm. this is like music. And like, this is, there's something to that that just really drew me in. So, yeah, since then, I've, I've just been a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been a fan and um, I've, I, some kind of way, I've, I've always have, have kept poetry near me and, and it's something that I, I return to daily. Enneagram four is that is that where you uh, identify? I I am a five. I'm a five, uh-huh. but I swing and then the... you got the four wing. You <laughs> got a you got a four flex. Oh yes, I do. Um, I do. I I definitely am in that region. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. When when you read someone's poetry, or when you see like Mary Oliver, Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. uh, when when you when you get to hear them and their and their pause. And their inflection, it it something yeah. different happens than just reading it on the page. Um, oh yeah! If you had one book of poetry on an island to read for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> what? How will I choose? It could be it, just oh, any author. God. Any author. Oh, That's you okay. know, I I do think that. Maya Angelou for me captures yeah. a lot of that, like she, that part of me that really of what I love so much about poetry. And it's probably because you know I've, I've heard her read her poems as well, so being able to hear hear her voice as I read. So yeah, yeah I, I just had to pick. <laughs> she she struck the match for you. I get it. Yeah. Um, P.S. Um, I came across a new Mary Oliver poem this week that was not in Devotions, but it's called oh. Red Bird Explains Himself. Oh. And it is I, I don't even I don't even want to talk about it, honestly, because it it was I huh, definitely want to look that up. It's so good. Red Bird explains himself. It for me, the veil parted, and that's just all I'm gonna say. So Go, for, to you, oh, to our wow. listeners, go check out Red Bird Explains Himself. We didn't know this was going to be a poetry conversation today. Um, maybe, <laughs> yes, lots of poetry recommendations. Maybe, maybe that's what we needed. Um, yes. So, uh, new books coming out April 27th. Recently, uh, last couple years, became a mom. Um, we've, we're all shaking off the COVID blues what what else what else is keeping you curious these days? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I have been I have been really kind of I, I don't want to say rethinking my relationship with nature, but uh, maybe it is that. Um, I tend to love like what I call like big nature, the Grand Canyon amazing sunset like yeah. just like give me all the colors and all the you know sensations that come with that um but just not being able to travel and go new places I have been learning how to find what's beautiful about the ordinary pine tree in the backyard so you know I feel like you know talking about Mary Oliver I mean I think she does that like the best mm-hmm. in terms of walking through nature. And I, I've had to think about that of like, you know, Mary Oliver walks 
to, you know, I believe like the same forest for some, and I'm like, I, I have to learn how to do that. Like yeah. I'm, you know, I, I like to go places. I've, I've been very fortunate enough to see a lot of really cool landscapes in my life, but it's just, it's like, what can this tree outside my window teach me? I read, a, I've been reading this book called The Art of Noticing, and it's just mm-hmm. talking about all of these little, little things that you can do. And one of the, um, one of like the practices, exercises that they mentioned that someone else did was they went outside and, and took a, a picture of the blue sky every day. I, I don't know for how long, maybe like a month or so, and just put all the, the pictures beside each other. And I was like, oh, that's so simple. I can do that. And I made it two days. <laughs> I was like, I, need to, I was like, wow, it's so fascinating how even like the, the simple things, like they do still take focus yeah. and they take like dedication. And I, I feel like I've looked over a lot of those things in my life because, because of that, like they require just sort of stillness and paying attention. So. Uh, that's probably my goal now to at least try to make it a week so <laughs> I go. can put the pictures of the sky together and and be proud of myself for that so that's been interesting I, I recently bought a book on um so I, I oh, I've moved to Arizona so since the last time we talked I oh you're not in California Arizona. yeah <laughs> yeah so we we were not planning on moving but just when the pandemic happened our our whole business is is run out of our house and we we needed more space but we had to go somewhere more affordable so we moved a few miles away in the next state over and um i've just been learning more about being here and i i bought a book on i bought a book on you know on it's i forget what the exact title is but it's like the bird watchers bible for arizona listen to your franciscan soul i love this (laughs) so you know like a year ago i would not have been buying a bird watchers bible for arizona because i wasn't i didn't think i'd be living in arizona a year ago but here i am and and it's interesting to me well if, yeah. you, if you need a title for your next book, I'll give it to you. It's just the mundane is magic. And, uh, uh yes, like you can take it. It's free. Yes. Uh, but I, 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 I think, <laughs> I think that, um, I have learned in a similar way that the, the question, the question is, am I available? And if I'm available, um, then, then the universe the whole the whole shebang is singing. The whole experience has something to say. Um, mm-hmm. And my brightest days are when I'm plugged into that. Uh, my dark my darkest days are um, you know buying the ego PR a little too much. Um, mm-hmm. But when the true self can ask the question of, "Hey, what's that tree?" What's that tree up to today? Uh, and our listeners right now are probably like, "What on earth are these two talking about?" Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm tracking with you. Um, and and Red when Redbird explains himself, it's gonna make you. It's gonna it's gonna take you in that book to a whole nother level. Um, oh, when when you so when you read that poem, um, yeah, the yeah, mundane I, is magic. Oh wow, I'm I'm so excited because I I think sort of like the to kind of you know zoom out a little bit 
from, you know, talking and I'm talking about the tree and the picture of the sky. I think what I'm ultimately kind of after right now is maybe just, and even you talking about that poem with red, the red bird, it's, it's how much like a single image can teach us or mm. remind us of something mm. or, or just bring us a sense of peace. And, and I, I am, I feel like I'm so passionate about getting that message out there in the world so that people who aren't artists or poets recognize that that belongs to them too. Hmm. And that, you know, you don't have to like turn it into a poem, but it's like, if there's a, a certain bird that speaks to you, or if it's something about like crayons that speaks to you, like <laughs> just notice it and, and allow that to be a part of your life. Like, I think that, all people are, are worthy of, you know, we're all worthy of having like those little things that remind us that we're loved and that we're seen. So yeah, I, I'm becoming more passionate about like naming all the little things and, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see where that goes. Like a, another book that I have is like, it's like this <laughs> big, um, it's like a, it's like a kid's encyclopedia of like every animal. So very cool. <laughs> I think I'm just getting like parent mode. I'm like, okay, you know, kids ask a lot of questions. I better learn these animals. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could help him, you know, help my son learn. Um, but I'm like, hey, I may learn something too, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me, you know, even thinking back on the, you know, the ways we were chatting through beauty came across a word um, the mystics have used over the years, u- that univocity, which you'll hear uni and vas, one, the one voice of all things. Um, mm. I, I, I don't know if I can explain it, but I can tell you that, that the one voice is available uh, when, when I become available. And um, mm-hmm. just to, to rip off another Richard Rohr, you know, nature... Uh, uh, was the first scriptures, right? Like he just says the the first the first revelation, right? The first thing made manifest from the unmanifest is the natural world. Um, and uh, my senses are uh, you like me have found a lot of goodness, truth, and beauty in sunsets. And uh, now it sounds like aardvarks and whatever else you're studying. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I I am very I'm very curious to see what what comes up and yeah I I do think a lot of it too is is you know amidst all of the challenges of the past year that has been one good thing that has come out of the past year is that I mean I've, I've really slowed down and I'm I'm really noticing a lot more that I never noticed before yeah. and and ultimately I think that that's good not just for my work but for my soul yeah <laughs> um yep. and i think i need i needed that no doubt um so april 27th uh how, how far you have come uh is going to be available i take it we can get it anywhere good books and bought are sold uh um i guess before we go tell us kind of how we can keep following you and everything you're up to i know your instagram presence is huge where would you direct us yeah, so I'm Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube, T 
TikTok. <laughs> um, you can find me everywhere. It's Morgan Harper Nichols. And then my website, morganharpernichols.com. I've got a link that says new book. And that's where you can find the new book in all the places where it's available. Beautiful. Well, it's full of poetry, full of uh, your reflections. Of course, your art. Front cover's beautiful. Um, on on behalf of all of us, thank you as always for um, putting in, you know, just putting good work into the world. It's it's helping us all tune up into something a little lighter and a little brighter. And um, I'm, I'm high-fiving you through the microphone. So uh, thanks for everything you do. And, and always thanks for coming on here and chatting with us. <laughs> Oh yes, of course. I, 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 as you know, I'm a fan and I, I look forward to, I look forward to the episode and I have, I have, I have a question for you. Oh actually. gosh. I, do yeah. you, I, I feel <laughs> terrible if I've missed it, but do you have a book out there in the world? So Morgan, that's a sensitive subject. Um, Oh. I, I have about three that are that are yeah. I'm looking at some note cards right here. Uh, there's one of them. There's a couple in the closet. Um, maybe you can <laughs> maybe you can egg me on uh, to to yes. to to get those going. Uh, they're in there. They're in there. Maybe you know what? Maybe oh, wow. maybe, I, maybe I need some musings on beauty and courage. Maybe that's what I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, I just was listening to you talk and again, just hearing so many of your episodes. I'm like, you have some things to say. Like, I would love to be able to read in a book format. <laughs> You're super kind. You're super kind. That means the world. Yes. I, I appreciate that. I was just making sure I wasn't missing anything. You, I was like, I don't think I've seen anything. I just want to make sure I haven't missed it. <laughs> nope. Nope. You may, you may get the front cut. You know, I may have to say thank you, Morgan, on page one when it gets done. <laughs> Um, yes. you're, you're pushing yes. me forward here. Um, yes, yes, please do. I, I love it. Well, thank you again for your generosity and, um, your time with us today. Guys, make sure you go get a copy of this. Follow Morgan, especially if you just, you want a little beauty trickling in your day. Her Instagram feed, uh, is always full of color, uh, and her words will take you on a journey. So, uh, Morgan, grace and peace. And, uh, You've got a seat here anytime you want it, so keep us on speed dial. Well, thanks so much, and thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.